Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rachel Abbott and this is The Leader. Today we're giving you some bonus content taken from our business show, How to Be a CEO. An opportunity to hear from the most powerful people behind some of the biggest brands in the world. This is a cut-down version of Fiona Cannon OBE from the Lloyds Banking Group speaking to David Marsland. To hear the full thing, hit the link in the show notes. Find a new episode of How to Be a CEO every Monday morning. And why not give it a rate and follow whilst you're there? Now, let's begin. Now, we're meeting Fiona over Zoom. And the first thing I want to talk to her about is, is the push for diversity actually happening? Or are people just talking about it? I certainly think that progress is being made. Uh, There's no question about that. I started my career a long time ago, uh, looking at gender equality. And if I think about where we are now compared to where we were, uh, say, 30 years ago, there's no question that we've made um, progress. And if you look at gender specifically, for example, even in the, over the last decade, uh, if you think about the numbers of women on boards, for example, 10 years ago, it was about 12%. It's 39% today. Um, and so you can see that there has been real change at board level. There's also been um, progress in terms of women in leadership positions. But I guess what I would say is that progress is is slower than, than we might have liked. If you look across other diverse groups, so in terms of Black, Asian and minority ethnic um, colleagues, again, progress, but really slow, particularly in terms of Black heritage community, in terms of um, leadership positions. And so I think there's still a lot more to be done there. Mental health, of course, um, and how we approach mental health has dramatically changed over the last uh, few years and and much more understanding and awareness uh, of mental health and the fact that we all have mental health and we're all, all on some kind of spectrum from surviving to thriving at any one point and so I think there's been a lot of work a lot of progress made there but I, I would say on in terms of physical disability there's still an awful lot of stigma around that and um, we have very few role models of um, people with physical disabilities in senior leadership positions and organisations so so I think the picture is mixed still you will see that there are still barriers to all of those uh, groups of people um, in terms of getting into leadership positions and so I think lots of progress made much more to be done. Why is business still this stronghold of straight white men? 
So I think one of the big issues is, you know, this is, a, I think we spent quite a lot of time, um, what I would call trying to fix the women or trying to fix our black, Asian and minority ethnic uh, colleagues, um, rather than trying to fix the system. So the fundamental thing that's that's a problem is that actually we're not set up as organisations to, to have diversity. If you think about the way we're all set up, we're basically factories that were kind of, you know, set up really on the basis of one person being in the office, one person being at home, and that person in the office typically was a man, for example, and the person at home was typically a woman. Um, and that's how all of our structures are made up, nine to five, you know, five days a week, commuting into the centre of town. And of course, now the pandemic has really thrown all of that up in the air. But but that's how we're all organised. And so what that means is that is that that, it, that you're always trying to push diversity into a system that doesn't actually work. The fact is, it doesn't work for a lot of men either, because that's really changed too. More men want, for example, to be involved in, in taking care of their family in the same way as women and doing other things. We have a system now, the way we're organised, that actually doesn't work for anybody. And we've kind of accepted it from a customer perspective. If you think about the fact that, you know, we, we understand that you know, you know, nine till three, as we used to work in the banking industry, um, in terms of opening hours, doesn't work anymore because customers want to be able to access their money when they want to be able to access their money. Um, and so we understand that things have changed from that perspective, but we haven't made that change necessarily into the way that we organise ourselves um, in terms of, of our people and how we actually organise the, the workplace as well. And so I think that system change it is that's the biggest issue. I mean, you've literally written the book on agility. Let's give you a plug, the agility mindset that you wrote. But is it difficult to go into businesses, I guess particularly maybe larger businesses which have had firm structures and effectively say to them, you need to deconstruct all the things that made you successful? So I think my starting point would be that for companies to continue to be successful, they need to change the way they're operating. So, you know, the world has changed. It had changed before the pandemic. It's changed even more since the pandemic. But if you look at some of the things that we were just talking about, then customer customer needs have changed. I mean, who of us doesn't, you know, isn't kind of kind of up in arms if our delivery isn't doesn't arrive within, you know, within a day, if not within an hour of having ordered it, we, you know, the customer demands uh, requirements and organisations to be much more agile in the way that they operate. And of course, again, more globalisation, um, again, the pandemic's had an impact on that, but globalisation um, has meant that, you know, we need to be operating in different, in different ways that goes outside of the norm of nine to five. Huge change in demographics. Uh, so we've now got five generations um, in the workforce all of whom have got different needs um, uh, that, that we need to be able to meet as organisations. Um, I, I think the reality is that for any organisation to be, to remain competitive, they need to be agile. And, and, and we know that organisations are able to respond to that. There is a real sweet spot, though, to be had because at the same time as organisations need to uh, want agility employees want agility as well so there's a real sweet spot in the middle that we can get to if we're smart one of the reasons why i think flexible working as it was traditionally called hasn't been as successful as we would have hoped now because i was part of something called the women work and pension uh, work and parents task force but way back looking at introducing the flexible working legislation and 
we had huge hopes for that. But I think one of the reasons why it hasn't worked so successfully is because we haven't made the changes to the system. So what ends up happening is that flexible working seems ends up being seen as an employee benefit, not as a benefit to the business. It's about an individual rather than about the organisation. And so you're always just trying to, you know, kind of, uh, you know, fit someone with a different working pattern into an organisation that doesn't work like that. So there's always going to be a tension there. And so I think for those organ and there are lots of organisations out there who are working in a very agile way, being very successful um, doing so. But I think it is a competitive business advantage now uh, for organisations to be agile. And the beauty of it is that employers want it as well. We've just got to find that, that sweet spot. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I mean, in your own career, you have a very high up position in one of the, the, the biggest banks in the country. But have you had to fight to work the way that you think works best yourself? Actually, I, I have to say that my own experience of, of working in an agile way, uh, you know, within Lloyd's has been, um, they've been brilliant. Now, on one level, you might say that my job is the kind of job that, you know, if, if I can't do it, then 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 you might have a we might have a, an issue. But I think having worked flexibly, it's given me an insight into um, both on both sides, both um, working as an individual working flexibly, but also then on the other side of it, um, as I'm running my own team. Um, what does that mean for for how you kind of organise yourselves as well? But but Lloyd's no, there's been no issue for me from from Lloyd's perspective around working flexibly. You spoke earlier on about how things are changing, particularly to do with mental health. What sort of improvements have been made? I mean, how much are companies now looking at the mental health of their of their workforces, and what advantages does that bring? Organisations, there's no question that organisations are now looking at this um, in a more uh, systemic way than they have been done before. So, for example, uh, working with with um, uh, Mind uh, Charity, they've launched the Mental Health at Work commitment. Um, and that started with about 20 companies <laughs> signed up to it. Um, I actually can't I couldn't even tell you what the, the right number is um, now. But the, the last time I looked, it was something like 20,000 um, organisations signed up to the Mental Health at Work um, commitment. And that commitment um, means that people have to do a, a number of things, which includes both raising awareness within your organisation, but listening to your colleagues with mental health um, issues as well to really understand what needs to be not what needs to be done and so I think um, uh, at a UK level uh, the issues about mental health are well understood and most organizations now are really understanding uh, understanding that and again if you look at the um, the numbers I mean one one in four of us will experience mental health um, uh, at some time over our um, over our lives 
Um, and so, you know, we know that if you don't tackle that, there is a cost to the economy and, and mental and mind, for example, has has put that estimated that about 99 billion pound cost to the economy because people might be off work. Um, they're not as productive as they would otherwise be. Um, and so really, there's a, a very clear uh, understanding that tackling this issue will make a big difference, both to the productivity of, of organisations, um, but also to the productivity of the UK um, as well. For all the latest news, interviews and features, go to standard.co.uk forward slash business. How to be a CEO is back on Monday morning. Give us a follow on your podcast provider and start your week with us. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.